You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi, and this is podcast number 1053. Gumi brings on-site classes that stretch both body and mind directly to the workplace. They promote the values of be positive, be real, and be brave. I've invited founder and president, <laughs> sorry, Mika Lea, onto the show today because I want to talk about her firm and the employer's interest in employee wellness as a national trend. Welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me. So in the spirit of full disclosure, <clears throat> we both are suffering a little bit. Uh, Mika has a little bit of a sore throat, and I've sort of got the legacy of this head cold. So we're going we're gonna to give you a great show regardless, right, because we can play with pain, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. And I want to thank Joan Garnett for introducing us yes. not that long ago, right? I know. Thank you, Joan. Yeah, she's awesome. So let's share. Let's start with you sharing an interesting story that might help our audience to learn a little bit more of you as a businesswoman entrepreneur. Well, uh, I spent 17 years in advertising and marketing and sales, and when I came up with the idea for Gumi, I ran up by a few people and they said, it's great. When can we start? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, don't I need a business plan? And I think I need to get going. And a mentor very close to me said, you know, do you have overhead? And I said, no. And he said, do you need any funding to get started? I said, no. He said, then just do it. Jump. <laughs> Go. So I did. Okay. I jumped. And here I am two years later. So, so what is, was the genesis for Gumi? And first, Tell everyone what Gumi means. So Gumi is the Hebrew word for rubber band. Okay. So we stretch body and mind with all of our classes and our sessions. Okay. And a CNN reporter was a lot more eloquent than I was. And she said it was kind of my bounce back to hmm. a new life. And I thought, yeah, that's what it means too. Okay. So, so how did you focus though on wellness in corporate America? I mean, as an entrepreneur, what was it about that opportunity that you said, yeah, of all the things I could do with my talents, that's the thing that I want to do. Well, I've been teaching cycling classes for the last 12 years. And I had this sense, every time I walked into my class, I got really excited. And I felt like all my problems were outside the doors. Oh, wow. And um, I was there to make those 40 people healthy and happy for an hour. Uh They'd walk out on an extra high, sweaty, gross, but feeling good, big smiles on their faces. Right. And so when I finally took a step back in my life at this, uh, at a point in my life, And I said, you know what, what makes me happy? And I thought, you know what, teaching my cycling classes makes me happy. But I also knew that I'm only getting older and I'm not getting any younger. And I thought, you know, what if I could bring this health and happiness to the masses? How could I do that? And then I thought, you know, where is it needed the most? And I thought it is needed the most in the corporate space, just in that I work that 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. in advertising, and that was the norm. Right. And I thought, what if I could bring it to people in their workspace to help them get healthy and happy that they don't have to leave work and they don't have to make excuses and um, and they can make time for it and they come back again to their work as more productive and um, more energetic with mental clarity and they just feel good all around. So it, it, it's sometimes challenging for a solopreneur or an early stage company to get these large companies to want to do business with you because, you know, it's risky and, and, yeah. and we're going to talk a little bit about <clears throat> a national footprint. I mean, they're going to, they're going to expect that. So, but take me back. Um, 
why are you successful as a company presenting your solution to large companies against what I would assume would be maybe uh, equal size or larger competitors to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that we really truly care about our, we want to take care of people and we want to help them in any way we can. So we don't have any um, minimum requirements and we really work with the clients to figure out what works best for them. And I think that that's how we really win win their business and then also bringing the best of the best. So our instructors are all uh, amazing. They all have a business sense to them, but they also have a sense of wanting to take care of the world themselves and wanting to make the world a better place. And that's that's what we look for. That's what we strive for. And I think that shows in our in our business and in our business model and the fact that we can customize it to whatever the client wants. They want one time a year, great. We're happy to help you one time a year. And if you want six classes a week, we can make that happen too. So Okay. So one of the things I want to talk to you about, not now, but a little bit later, probably after the break, is the challenges of scaling a national business. So hold on to that. And for those other entrepreneurs and business owners out there that are facing that similar challenge, I think we can have a good conversation you might be able to learn from. But before we get there, and we have about three or four minutes before our first break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. It goes fast, doesn't it? Um, Earlier in your life, I, I, I know that you had a health scare. Yeah. So, which is really what led me to start Gumi. Um, I'd been an athlete all my life and I had two kids under the age of two and I had just completed my first half marathon after my daughter was born. So about a month or two after she was born. And when I started running again, after I took a break for a bit, I found myself breathless with chest pains, went to the doctor. She said, everything's fine. EKGs are normal. It's just stress. Go home. So I kept teaching my weekly cycling classes and on and off for about a year, I kept going back to the doctor. Everything's fine. EKGs really? are normal. Everything's good. Go home. Stress. And then on my 33rd birthday, I found myself completely breathless to the point I literally had to sit down on a very easy hike, one that I'd done nine months pregnant. And this time, I couldn't even make it the first mile of the hike. And it was in that moment that I knew something was really wrong. Right. So I we went to the doctor and I said, you know what? I'm not taking no for an answer. And she relented. And I went to a cardiologist, and he said the same thing. It's just stress. Talk to your doctor. EKGs are normal. Go home. And I said, you know what? No. I'm not leaving here without a stress test. Put me on that treadmill. I want to run. Something's going on with me. Right. And 45 minutes after stepping off that treadmill, I went right into surgery. Doctor called and said, how soon can you get here? We need to go right into surgery. So hold on. So the standard EKG tests seem normal. Yep. And being a woman, the... Having issues with the heart presents differently. Yeah. And they didn't see it until they put you under a right. stress test. Right. What so the a hell? fit female and 33 years old. Right. You don't have any. Why would I exhibit any symptoms? But yeah, five heart stents later. Oh my goodness. I started Gumi and I did it because I really wanted to let other people know that they need to take care of themselves and it's not just about exercise and it's not just about healthy eating. Right. It really is about stress and sleep plays into a big factor. Um, of but all of that. Your father also had a heart. Yeah, my dad was also an athlete. Okay. Um, had his first heart attack at 32. Never is this smoked. a hereditary thing then? Yeah, it is, okay. a, it is a hereditary thing. Did they ask you that at the medical um, profession? Did that even come up? <laughs> you know what? It came up after my diagnosis. But I <laughs> oh, it's think a little that, late. Yeah, it's a little late. And they say that there is a gene. So I do carry the gene. Okay. But 
Um, I, I think it's important that as women, we know that heart disease isn't just a man's disease. Right, because you said they present, the symptoms present differently, like vomiting yeah, so, and not your, yeah, what so, you typically think of a heart attack. Exactly. Or... So my first run back after the half marathon, <laughs> um, two miles in to my first run, and I threw up. And I was getting these really bad headaches. And so women's symptoms actually present like flu-like symptoms, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Very different than men. Yeah. But it's it's very common in women for heart disease, too, it is. right? It's, it's actually it's... the number one killer of women in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. So it's an important conversation. So that's really why I started Gimme, yeah, though, right. to, you know, is, is I wanted to bring health and wellness to the masses because we are dying of diseases that can easily be treated. 80% of heart disease can is preventable. 80%. 80%. Yeah. And it's the number one killer. And it's the number oh, one killer. Oh, yeah, it's as frustrating as yeah. hell. So, yes, we, we do. I wanted to do my part in giving back and right. and help others and see if we can make those habit changes. So we're going to have to take our first break yeah. here on Critical Mass Let's Radio Show. When we come back, I want to ask you about how that exposure, your, your association with the American Heart Association, yeah. the Go Red program, what has been the benefit or the outcome of those okay. relationships? Can we talk about that? Yeah, I'd love to talk about and that. And for those of you that are looking to scale a national firm, we're going to be talking about that and and Mika's experience in the second block as well. So you don't want to go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. Stay right where you are. We'll be back in less than 30 seconds after this short word from me. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, Type Richard Franzi in the search box. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime on iTunes, Stitcher.com, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, several hundred former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on our show. Since we started in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of CEOs across the country through our live stream here on octalkradio.net and our podcast our live Facebook channel, some of you might be watching us today, as well as our other platforms. Simply type in Critical Mass Radio Show in your favorite podcasting software to find our weekly shows with interesting guests like Mika Lea. She is the founder and president of Gumi. We talked a little bit about the setup for that. I said before the break I wanted to ask you about how your involvement with the American Heart Association and the Go Red for Women movement, how, what has that done for your business and the momentum behind it? You know, it's, um, it's really, it's, I want to say it's helped. Um, but for me, it's really about being the ability to give back to the community and give back to an association that's so close to my heart, pun intended. Wow. Um, and, and, um, the, they've given me the opportunity to speak and tell my story. So for me, I really, I like to tell my story in the fact that, like I said, I was 33 years old. I had two kids under the age of two, and um, I was a single mom and Oof. going through a divorce at the time. And, you know, and having this moment, this, uh, you know, this moment where the doctor's like, you almost died. You're lucky to be alive. And 
to be able to tell that story, I try to do that with the American Heart Association in that I hope that one day somebody, I can save a life Mm -hmm. because most people don't think about uh, women. And I think if I had a woman that was younger and fit and in front of me telling me heart disease can happen to anybody, then I probably would have gotten pushed the doctors a lot sooner um, and would be in a different place um, than I am right now with my heart disease condition. So it's been an amazing experience and it's been an amazing ride and I do whatever I can to help them. So I, I now go into companies on behalf of the American Heart Association and I'm a passion speaker. Okay. So I tell my story and, um, and try to help them in any way I can. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's been great. And, and I think the partnership from that standpoint, we're constantly having conversations on, they want to make everyone healthy and get heart disease, like wipe it out as much as we can. And I'm in the same boat. So we've come together to partner and we try to help each other's businesses any way we can. So is it helping your business then? I would say it is. Yeah. I've been connected with several companies through the American Heart Association. Locally here or? Uh, Yeah. Locally in Los Angeles. Okay. So in Los Angeles and in San Diego actually now. Okay. Yeah. Right. So So, I've been connected with both of them in San Diego and Los Angeles. So I think um, if we had the gong ready, which I apologize, I don't sense we do, but normally our loyal listeners, there we go. Oh, baby. Give it up for Paul. All right, Polly. Thank you. That is a teachable moment, which means if you've heard the gong and you're kind of half listening, they know to go back 30 seconds or a minute and pick it up because being able to associate in a good way with a larger organization can really help your marketing efforts. Because as we were talking off mic, your story makes you memorable. Yeah. And when you're in presenting, it would probably be a point of differentiation that, that large corporations could re- yeah. remember. I think, I think the key is finding a corporation that has the same values as you. Yes. Do, right. Because I couldn't just partner with, um, like the American cancer society. Well, it's great. And I, I raise as much money, like who doesn't want to, right. but for me, the American heart association, it means something to me. And those values mean something to me and their belief and their mission is exactly the same as mine. And because of that, I think we are, it's easy for us to, to have that partnership and to have that synergy right? to be able to help each other and help our, both of our companies grow. Right. And the fact that, uh, and we're going to move on, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be talking about scaling a national company and the challenges just in one second. But before we finish that, the fact that you weren't a typical, what people would assume is a heart patient. Yeah, absolutely. Young, fit, all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes it even more memorable and real brings home how much more at risk people might be who aren't those things exactly young and fit and my advice to everybody is go get checked out right and no more than the doctor yep. i believe in the medicine you have to be equal partners with yeah. your health care providers you can't let them make all the final decisions yep. and you're a living testament yep. to that exactly okay so now we've been teasing this idea of challenges to grow yes. a national company because you're a you're you're a small company we are we're a very small company Um, We just started two years ago, but we've grown in scale, um, doubled our revenue from the first year to the second year, and I'm looking to do that again in our third year. It gets harder as the numbers get bigger. I know, it gets harder as the numbers get bigger. And for us, you know, you and I were talking about this, which is the challenge is is how do we grow fast and furious and at the same time be able to maintain the credibility that we have? And also, you know, maintaining the quality and finding right. that talent that we have. Um, so how you do that? So for us, it's been, um, I feel like we're on a balance beam, right? Okay. And constantly having conversations with people on how do I do this? So getting it out there for for us right now, we're um, 
I just spoke to somebody about, for us, it's recruiting. So how do we find the talent as we find the, right. the business? So we just added Raleigh, um, Seattle, and Portland, and Nashville. Nashville's next week. And we, it happens so quickly because we're growing so fast. So it's like, how do we find the talent? So now we have to go into mode of finding the talent. And somebody suggested, like, let's, let's do it any way we can and for as little money as possible, right, as little investment as possible. <laughs> of course. So let's do it in social media. And we did. We put out some blasts in social media because we've gotten big enough that our name is known and we have this credibility that people have been calling us and saying, hey, I want to work for you. Oh, I wow. heard from so-and-so and I heard from so-and-so and I saw your, I saw your ad on Instagram and I wanna, I'm interested and I'm located in Nashville and I teach yoga or I'm in Raleigh and I'm a massage therapist. So, um, but Because it's, you need people across a lot of different disciplines, yeah. right? So we go into any city. And we can do anything that the clients want. So wow. anything in that health and wellness space, we can do. Yeah. yeah. That's a pretty tall order. It is. So cooking demonstrations, <laughs> massage. Um, we've done hip-hop and salsa classes. We've done meditation seminars. We've done nutritional. We have nutritionists. Sure. We, have, we even have doctors on staff that have partnered with us to um, go out and give seminars and make it educational. So, yeah, it's really about what the client wants. So then we have to find it. And that's been our challenge yes. with scaling because now the clients are pouring in and we have to be able to book it as fast as we can. And you so. have to ensure the person that's delivering the services of the quality that you exactly. maintain for so, your brand. Which, exactly. So I have to speak with every that's single the balance person. balance beam, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, right. So I interview every single person and I listen to Cheryl Sandberg's, um, one of her stories, uh, one of her books. And she was saying that, yeah, there was a time at Facebook where she interviewed every single person. It was either Google or Facebook. And I thought, that's going to be me. And it got to the point where she just needed to, like, the check mark. So I know I'll get to the, we'll get to that point, too, where right. it'll just be a check mark. But I do. I want to I wanna give my stamp of approval for every single person that comes in because that's the quality that we give to our clients. And right. We, and these are part-time people, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're offering, you're, and, they're, and they're 1099 contractors. Yep. So they're free agents. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they love working with us. They really, they, again, they, their values align with ours. So there it we is again, only right? only hire people that their values <laughs> align with ours. So if they're in it for the money, it's not for, they're not for us. Okay. Do, do you manifest that you believe this is possibly going to happen? I mean, is there any yes. law of attraction or, and I'm serious. <laughs> no, I, I do. And, um, I, yes, I believe in the universe. Okay. And I believe that the universe will give you what you want. Okay. So when I was wanting to be a spokesperson for the American Heart Association, I met a woman at a conference. I lost her card. I found her card. I put it in front of my computer. <laughs> and I kid you not, I stared at this card every day for probably no less than like three weeks of like being like, I need to call this woman. I need to call this woman. And then one day I get this email from the American Heart Association. And the woman says, I heard you met so-and-so at, at an event. And we want to talk to you about being a passion speaker for oh my us. God. And so I really do believe that you have to manifest. And um, Grant Cardone talks about this too, like the 10X rule, right? Like mm -hmm. think 10X. The other day I was like, I want to do $40,000 in our like third quarter, like a fourth quarter. And I want to do 40000 And then the next day I got a phone call and it was like $40,000. I was like, shoot, <laughs> I should have said $100,000. They could do small. Oh, right. Why aren't I thinking of that 10X rule? Right. But I do believe that it is what you manifest. And you have to believe in yourself. And I think... That's the difference with entrepreneurs that are going to make it or not make it is the ones that believe that they can do it are the ones and there's no other option, no option. Burn the ships. Yep. Like you got to do it. You got to right. go all in. Right. And Committed. You got to be committed. Right. 
And I found that the ones that are committed and that will do it, nothing stops them because mm-hmm. there's nothing that's going to stop me. Like, this is what I'm going to do, and right. and I'm excited about it. Well, I really – the reason why I ask that is um, I think your model could be seen by some entrepreneurs as too hard. Independent contractors, oh, any yeah. any service, yeah. any city. There's a lot. I've of been told I'm crazy by right. a lot of investors, right. and, and a lot of people look at that. And go, yeah. you can't scale that. Right. You're gonna, exactly. it's gonna, it's gonna crater yep. on you. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a certain amount of positive momentum and belief, you could become, you could be that philosophy could be reinforced, yeah. and you could give up. Yeah. Well, and realistically, you know, we're all vulnerable. And we all have those moments of, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Really? I should just get a real job. Come on. No, no entrepreneurs moments. listening to this ever <laughs> felt that way. It's go from day one. Right? It's always so better. I, to those, I would give the advice of keep going. Like, if you really believe in it, keep going. Nothing's going to stop you. And and I read a lot of business books. And, you know, I think the theme through it all is, like, no, these people had the mission and they had the dream and they they just committed to it. And right. they there was no option B. So you got to make this work and how are we going to make it work? Right. All right. So we've got three minutes left. Okay. And I'll talk fast, (laughs) faster. (laughs) Um, why do you think there's such an interest by large scale employers in fitness? And what's, what's driving this? You're talking to these people. What is their, what's the motivation? So I think people are realizing, well, one, this is the first time that there's four generations in, um, in the workplace. And the millennials who are coming in and fast and furious, and they're larger than the baby boomers. Right. And they're realizing that these millennials are, they want to be valued. They want to have value, and it's beyond the paycheck. So that's one part of it. The other part of it, I think, is that, you know, these these insurance companies and these HR directors want to take, they truly want to take care of their people. But they're realizing these BMI screenings and, you know, these gym passes that they're giving or they're giving out the Fitbits. It's not inspiring anybody to go do anything. Great, my BMI score was whatever it was or my biometric screening said whatever. But they're not doing anything about it. So bringing on-site fitness and wellness, which is what Gumi does, it's actionable. You know, um, bringing vendors in for a health fair is, and you're just giving away tchotchkes, it's great. But one of my, um, one of my clients calls it the unhealth fair. Because all you're doing is getting a tchotchke. <laughs> so what we do is we bring it on site with, you know, again, pun intended, but a hands-on mm-hmm. experience literally with massage therapists or meditation seminars or um, yoga classes or whatever it is, that it's actually getting people the experience of what it feels like to feel good and being right. in tune with their body. I think you hit that. So of all the, all of you said, the word that I keep hearing you say is it's experience. It's the experience. Yeah. And if you want to change people's behavior in a lasting way, you have to give them those repeated experiences that eventually become maybe a habit for them. Yeah. And a different way of life, right? Yeah. Versus giving them the knowledge without the support to do it. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So you're really an experience company. Yeah, we are an experience company. And it really is because um, people, we want to be that like pebble that like falls in the water. And then the ripple effect of like, hey, I I go back to my desk and I feel good. I'm going to tell my coworker. Or maybe I'm going to stay calm when my boss hands me the big project that's due tomorrow and it's 5 o'clock at night and I want to go home. Right. Um, So it's really, yeah, it is. It's about the experience. And I think employers are realizing more and more the importance of, taking care of the employees beyond just the paycheck. And that's really important. That is important. And yeah. hopefully that's a sustainable trend that you can ride I as hope. an entrepreneur, right? Yeah. It's great to have those large scale macroeconomic things. Yeah. I hope it's things. not a trend. I hope it's the way that our society is going is okay. knowing that we have to take care of ourselves beyond just going to work and getting the job done and making, making money. It's, it's mental, it's physical, it's spiritual and emotional. It's emotional, right. You know? It's all those things. Yep. Okay. So what's your plan for the business? 
Oh my gosh, to um, grow it as far as um, I, I want to scale it, and I want to do about ten million in okay. revenue is my goal. Okay, I'd like one day, and it won't yes. just be Gumi doing it, but I would like one day that Gumi is synonymous with on-site workplace wellness, and that every company is offering this to their employees. Mm. Like that's my goal. Mm. Is that one day everybody's going to have it? Okay, and they'll think of it as a Gumi. Yeah, and they'll think of it as Gumi, like we do Google. Yeah, right, exactly. Right? Clean. Yeah, right. Yeah, you become that. Okay, well, put that out there. I am. I'm we just put it out there on the Internet. It's going everywhere around the world, everywhere. baby. It's already come back. It's so fast. So if someone would like to learn more about you and your firm, where do they find you yes. online? They can go to GumiGroup.com, so I'll spell that. It's yeah. G-O-O-M as in Mary, I-Group, G-R-O-U-P.com. Or they can email me directly at Mika at GumiGroup.com. How do you so spell Mika? Mika is M-I-K-A at Gumi. So G-O-O-M-I-G-R-O-U-P.com. There you go. Yep. Well, you've been awesome. Thank you so much, Rick, for having me. This was a pleasure. I it was appreciate, so much fun. I appreciate you coming in, not being 100% with the throat and yeah. still doing a great job. <laughs> I'm glad right? I made it through. Yeah, I'm glad you did an <laughs> awesome job. And thanks again, Joan, for making this introduction. Yes. Uh, thank you for being a friend of the program and a part of the Critical Mass yes. community, Mika. I'm excited. Thank All right. you. I want to thank our engineer, producer for today's show, Paul Roberts, thank man you, in the Paul. board over. Thank you, Paul. And also our other engineers or producers, I should say, Joan Park, Crystal Nunnally, and Haley Stern. Hello, producing team. If you'd like to connect with me on social media, my Twitter handle is CEO Peer Groups. On LinkedIn, I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. My Facebook page is just like our website, criticalmass4forbusiness.com. And until our next show... If you're listening to the live stream, that'll be in three minutes here on octalkradio.net. Uh, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 